In this podcast, I will be sharing stories of trials and miracles, trusting and faith, learning and listening, disappointment, strength, fear, and joy. I am Lara Belk, founder and president of Nurturing Nations. This is my journey as a wife and a mother of nine children and why I started a charity in Ghana, Africa, and what I have learned along the way. I am so glad you are here. Thanks for listening. When people hear the word slavery, their first thoughts often turn to colonial history, but slavery and human trafficking are uncomfortably still with us today. It is estimated by CNN that there are 20,000 child slaves in the area that I'm going to be talking about today. This is an area in West Africa called Volta, the Volta region or the Volta Lake. 20,000 child slaves are estimated to be in this area. And I visited this area in one of our first trips. I think it was our second trip over to Ghana. But at the time, I had no idea what was going on in this area. I didn't understand the, the problem in West Africa with child slavery and with, with human trafficking. And it's probably a good thing because... I think it would have been very difficult to interact with the children that I interacted with in thinking that some of them possibly were slaves. And as I look back at those pictures, I think, how would I have acted differently at the time if I would have known this? But my eyes were open and my understanding was increased little by little so that I think I could emotionally handle what was happening, it is very, very difficult for me to envision these children and not be able to always do something about it. And so as I learned more and more about what was happening, I knew that it was something I couldn't walk away from, that I had to do something, even if it was just one child at a time. And that's why we say nurturing nations, saving lives, one child at a time. Because I need to be reminded that I can't get discouraged and overwhelmed in the enormity of the problem, that I forget that I do have the ability to rescue children and help children one at a time. And so that is what we are trying to do. We work really hard to stop child trafficking and slavery before it happens. So we've done a lot of research and, and studying about what causes child trafficking and what are the circumstances that children are in that they are being sold. And then we work to stop that. And this is done through our sponsorship program. So if we stabilize families by giving them the help that they need to be able to Uh, educate their children and to feed their children, their risk of being sold or trafficked diminishes significantly. And when we discovered how simple that is, that by giving a family $30 a month to help care for a child, that their risk of them selling that child decreases, 
then that's something we can do. And there are, we have almost 200 children now in the sponsorship program, and those are all children that are now at lower risk of being trafficked. Now, this isn't a surefire way that this still isn't going to happen to these children. And in the story I'm going to share with you, I can explain why this happened and and what we did about it. So in a village called Essene at Atientum, we have a little family where there are children that have been abandoned by their birth parents in this village. So there is an elderly woman in the village that has agreed to care for these children um, if we give her support so that she's able to feed them and to put them into school. So we have put these children um, in the sponsorship program and and we're doing everything we can in order to help these children that have been abandoned. Well, our Ghana director works really hard to follow up and to check on the children and to make sure that they're in school. But the problem right now is because of COVID, the schools have been closed. And so it's not as easy to track what's happening to these children. So when you put a child in school, it makes it so that they can be checked on every day by the teachers. So the teachers know who's there and who's not, and then they can follow up or let Percy know that a child hasn't been there. So then then the teachers or Percy or others can check on those children to make sure that they are safe. So Percy had gone to this village to check on the children in the sponsorship program, and there was there were um, five children that weren't there, and he asked where they were and that he needed to see them so that he could um, make sure that they were doing all right. And, and the grandmother and others said, oh, they've gone to a different village to visit and they will be back another time. And Percy kept pushing and pushing because this didn't sound right. And eventually he learned that traffickers had come and had tricked them into letting them take the children to the Volta region. There were six children in this village that were taken at this time. Two of the children were in the sponsorship program and so Percy found where the children were and he was able to bring them back to safety. The sad part is that one of the children, a little boy, had died before Percy was able to get there. We don't know exactly how long the children had been there because school was closed and we didn't have the capabilities of checking on all the children every day. But the good news is, is that we were able to rescue five children and we were able to report the situation to social welfare so that they can also help us to monitor the situation with his children so that they aren't sold again. We have to do something to continue to put into place safeguards for these children so that they aren't easily sold and trafficked. And I have many people that say, I just can't believe that's happening. How could a a parent be tricked into selling their child? The thing that we have to remember is that 
the people there are living in survival mode. <coughs> Excuse me. They have very little. They are, before we step in, are watching their children starve to death. They can't get work. They are in huts and no running water. And and the, the situation is very, very difficult. And because we have never been in that situation, I have to keep reminding myself that I have never had to watch children die or starve to death and have no options to be able to make life better. So what happens is the traffickers will come into the villages and they'll say something like, oh, I have somebody that will will take your children and they'll put them into school and they will feed them and they'll take care of them and then they'll they'll be able to come back and take care of you and and so this is a great thing for for your children to be able to go they'll have a nice life they'll live in a nice house they'll have be able to go to the best schools and so parents fall into this trap of oh here's somebody that can take care of my children because I can't right now. And so they think that they are doing something better for their kids. And the traffickers are very tricky in the wording that they use and the way that they approach people. And and when people are in desperate circumstances, they do desperate things. And And this is a fact. Children are being sold and trafficked all the time. But if we put them in the sponsorship program, those risks are less because the children are being fed. They get school lunch. They're being able to go to school. They are being taken care of and the parents are being given the help that they need so that when the traffickers come, the temptation isn't as real. But in this situation, because of COVID, the children weren't able to be in school. They weren't able to be have the security that school gives them. And so a simple $30 a month is all it takes to stop children from being trafficked. And like I say, it's not a hundred percent guarantee, but it does minimize the risk. And if we can stop it from happening, that is the best option. And that comes to stabilizing families and helping families with the basic necessities of life. Now, once children are trafficked, we do everything that we can to be able to rescue them and to be able to bring them back. And we're doing that. But the bigger problem with having 20,000 child slaves and why the government doesn't just go in and, and sweep all those children up and, and accuse the traffickers is because they have no place for these children to go. And if they return them to their families, their families most likely are going to sell them again. So it's a very individual problem for each child. Some children are able to be returned safely to their families and they can be educated and taught that this is what's really happening to the children, that they're not being given a better life. Other times, the parents would easily sell them again and again. And so they have no place for these children to go. So that's why we have built the safe house so that we can bring these children to a safe place as many as we can. Obviously, we can't house 20,000 child slaves, but I'm going to do everything I can to help rescue as many children as I can. 
but I need your help. And you can join with us in this amazing thing of rescuing and saving lives. It's very rewarding to know that you have done something to save another human's life, a child's life. It is something that needs to be done and we need to join together and we need to be able to rescue as many of these children as we can because they're not surviving very long. In this area, it is a large fishing um, industry and so they take the children and they um, take them out on the canoes and they force them to dive in the water and to untangle the fishing nets. Now you have to think most of these children have never seen more than a bucket of water. They haven't even seen running water and they don't know how to swim. And they either learn to swim and they survive or they drowned. And they aren't given enough food to eat and they are beaten and they are abused. And But the traffickers don't care because children are cheap. They can just go buy some more children. And it is a problem that is huge that we need to address and we need to do everything we can to stop it. And the way we can do that is by stabilizing families and helping families. I have a story that I'll tell in a a future podcast about a boy named Daniel that we rescued from the Volta region as well. But today... The good news is that five children were rescued and they were brought back to safety. And I am thrilled that we were able to help them and that things were put into place so that we could. Please join with us if you can to save another child's life. Thank you so much for listening to the Nurturing Nations podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, please go to iTunes, subscribe, leave a review, and spread the word so others can easily join with us. If you want to learn more about Nurturing Nations, visit our website at nurturingnations.org. I humbly invite you to make a donation and join our life-saving team.